Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hey, everybody. So on today's episode of the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, I have one of my coaches, Elizabeth Galperin. And Elizabeth works with entrepreneurs on systems, organization, efficiency, peak performance, productivity. She is like all things that every entrepreneur needs. And she is on my podcast today to share with you some things you need to know about how and where you can be more productive and efficient in your business. So I did this interview with Elizabeth and part of it got cut off. (laughs) So we start a couple of minutes in. So I'm just catching you up to speed with who she is, and kind of where we're at in in the episode and we really are right at the beginning of where she's sharing, you know, all the all the value that she brings. Just wanted to catch you up to speed with who Elizabeth is. So, like I said, she was one of my coaches. She owns her own business called Turnleaf Organizing and she supports business owners on their journey towards peak productivity and performance. And without further ado, here she is. Enjoy. So, just spill the beans. How do we be All more right. productive? What do we, <laughs> we've got a lot of people coming in and joining okay, us. Awesome. Excited. And yeah. let's learn how to be productive. All right. Fantastic. So I used the term for the name of this, you know, of this conversation of proactive productivity. Mm-hmm. So that's a really, like, I want to start there because we live in a society right now that is so reactive. Mm. We're conditioning our children to be reactive and we've kind of rewired our own brains to operate in a reactive manner. So I always like to start with just kind of that conversation of like, what does, you know, what does that mean to be proactive? Mm -hmm. And I usually kind of just create this contrast of just to take like a segment of of someone's day. So if we think about the morning, so, you know, let's, let's start with like, I'm going to call her proactive Pam. So, you know, she wakes up in the morning and she uses an alarm clock, not her phone. So that when she gets up, she is not immediately drawn into social email. She spends the first hour of her day, either, you know, physical exercise, meditation, you know, mental exercise, something that like is filling up her cup you know, get the day started taking care of you. She spends the next, you know, part of her morning taking care of like immediate family, you know, whether it's the dog or the kids or the spouse or all of the above and kind of gets her morning started staying in her, you know, in her bubble in a way and does not let all of the outside world bombard her in the first, you know, hour or two of her day mm-hmm. and makes sure that she is starting the day like with herself in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. right? We were not talking about work at all here. We're talking about just getting ourselves grounded and clear and taking care, you know, I used that phrase just a second ago, but like filling ourselves up because we know 
for the rest of the day, we're going to be getting emptied out. Boring out. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So the opposite then reactivity, right? So, you know, reactive Rhonda. So, you know, that's, and I'm going to raise my hand. I've been there. So this is not me like preaching, you know, from the pulpit, but you know, we wake up, the alarm is our phone. We roll over and we're like still in bed and we're scrolling through social or we're checking email or we see there's text messages. We listen to the voicemail that came in late last night. And then we're just like in this immediate, like fast paced, you know, get out of bed at the last minute eat as fast as we can, shower as fast as we can, and get ourselves ready and into work mode as fast as we can. Mm -hmm. That is, we're starting like probably near empty (laughs) and we're allowing the day to immediately be focused on other people, other needs, other things outside world. And that is, if we start our day that way, then the rest of our day, we've set the tone. We're gonna be reacting, who needs me? What problem do I have to solve? What fire am I putting out? So when I use that word proactive productivity, it's about like who is in control, who is in command from the start of your day, because that is going to set the tone, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when, we, when we think about productivity, you know, it absolutely applies to work in our profession and running our business or working our full-time job, managing our team, but it really starts with like managing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we forget (laughs) that's actually where it starts. So here's, I would love, I'm going to ask you this question, Nicole. Think about the word productive or productivity. How do you define it for you? Like, what does it feel like or look like for you? Not what Webster Dictionary says and not what, you know, the boss says. What's your definition? I have been reevaluating this a lot recently because... I think you and I may have even talked about this on one of my sessions, but I had this epiphany about two months ago during pandemic time where we were home and had nothing else to do. I was still super busy. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is, and I'll answer what I think productivity is, but productivity was just keeping myself busy all Mm -hmm. the time. And, you know, some of it was important stuff that I needed to be doing. And some of Mm -hmm. it was just a time filler, you know, Mm -hmm. because there was space and time and, oh my God, if I'm not doing something with that space and time, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. Like, you know, what could I be, whatever doubling down on. And I had this evening where I was like, just exhausted because I'd worked all day. And I was like, I can't rest yet because I didn't have X, Y, and Z done still from my list. And that was when I had this epiphany and I was like, I keep asking myself, have I worked hard enough to rest? But have Mm. I rested hard enough to work? Yes. Like, have I given, like what you said earlier, have I filled my cup? Have I given myself what I need Mm -hmm. so I can show up and actually be more productive? Maybe efficient would be my, I guess what Mm -hmm. I'm using productive in, in, in replace of, but yeah, that was a big realization to me that I just associated productivity with always doing something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that is so important that you do like step back and figure it out. Right. I mean, there's the overused, you know, analogy of like, we're all in the rat race, but like, are you (laughs) right? What are you racing toward? Right. You're you're, you're chasing your tails, what you're doing. Yes. That's what I, that's what I realized is I was just keeping myself busy to keep myself busy because it felt good. Yeah. Staying busy. Yeah. 
And it's part of, I mean, I know for me, like that's part of my identity. You know, I'm the, I'm the girl who's always, you know, involved in, you know, five different projects and yeah. always the volunteer and I'll always step into the leadership position and, oh, I can do that for you. And, yep. you know, that became part of my identity for sure. Oh, totally. And I think, you know, we as women also, we find validation that way yeah. that it becomes our worth. It, yes. Yes. Yeah. And we don't often stop enough to kind of reevaluate and say, why am I doing this? Right. So that's like the yeah. first thing when we think about it is definitely the buzzword right now. I need to be more productive. How can I increase my productivity? You know, how can I get more done? Like start with, well, why do I need to? What does it mean? <laughs> and what's my why? Right. Is it like truly making your life better? Okay, great. Is it increasing your happiness? Is it moving you forward in your career? Like those are all valid reasons, mm -hmm. but make sure that that really is the end goal or the, the end goal that you are, are searching for. Mm -hmm. So being very intentional about yes. what you're doing and making yeah. sure it ha it's connected to your why. Yeah. And defining it for yourself, not defining it by others' standards. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I started my career, I was much more focused on like organization, physical organization of spaces. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was back in the day when like Martha Stewart was kind of all the buzz and like Real Simple Magazine was, you know, really popular. And, you know, my clients would say like, well, I want a kitchen like that. Or, you know, I need a closet like this. And, you know, be like, well, but why? Like, that's not your lifestyle right. <laughs> or you right. don't have a house that looks anything like this. You have right. five kids. You're not going to have a counter with no toaster and no, right. you know, <laughs> that's like, the other thing. It, it requires <laughs> maintenance and upkeep. It only looks yes. like that once. If you're not willing to do the yeah. <laughs> yeah. routine maintenance, yes. and keep like, it that is that not way. real world. Right. <laughs> that is not. And, and I think a lot of what we see, you know, we expose ourselves on, to so many stories on Instagram and social media. And we see this facade of, gosh, that right. person looks so productive. They look so organized. And we have to remind ourselves like that's not, that was a snapshot. That was not, you know, that was in the morning when everything was, you know, calm and, and that was not after a day of work and mom and taking care of the pets and, you know, all the things. Right. So yeah, even so that is the pictures when it's after all the things and they've got like, you know, their pajamas on from yesterday and their kid just threw up on them. It's like, <laughs> that's still probably one of the best pictures of the three that you took in that, but like, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> but we the aren't, they look good in exactly the, the one <laughs> out of the three or four that you took to get that throw up shot. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think that's such a hard thing to remember because it's yeah. constantly like bombarded with it. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to remember that's not real life, but yet that's what our measuring stick is. Yes. Yeah. So step one is how are you defining productivity for you, mm -hmm. right? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it leading you to? Once you know your why and you've kind of defined like what it is for you, then it becomes so much easier to make all the decisions of like, how am I going to reach that goal? And when am I going to be able to get to that point? Mm -hmm. So it starts with the why. The why and the defining of productivity. Can you give an example of what, I know it has to be my definition and I'm looking because mm -hmm. a couple of people did give yeah. them. Um, so they have Wendy just said it starts have. from the top down. Okay. I guess I like to have models of what other people's definition of it might look like. Cause I'm, I don't trust myself 
and that's a, that's part of it, but I don't trust myself to come up with a reasonable definition of it. That's not going to have me into overworking again. Like I'll, I'll come up with a why that's well, I, but I need to do this because. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I like one of the analogies I've all, or the stories I've always loved is the story about like filling your jar with sand and the little pebbles and then the big rocks. I right? just did and that with one of my clients the other did day. You? <laughs> I was like, Let's take an empty jar yes. and start filling it. Yeah. Yes. I love that one. So for me, like I remember that it's quality over quantity, right? Mm -hmm. And it's about taking care of the big rocks before I take care of the pebbles and the sand. Mm -hmm. I like that. And that it is, you know, ultimately, and, and I mean, I do think that, you know, because I am my own boss, I do have a little more leverage here, but ultimately it's up to me to define and to find that kind of that balance. So, you know, I know some people are a little bit more stuck with like, well, you know, my manager expects all of this from me. And so you're a little, your hands might be a little bit more tied in that area of your life. Mm -hmm. um, I also like to, so if, if a client's getting stuck on that, I'll often ask some questions. So like another question I'll often ask is, you know, how do you see it um, where you can accomplish your work and still be enjoying your life, right? We have to have both pieces moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, getting to the point where you can see that there is enjoyment and progress in both of those areas, not that it's always 50, 50, cause it's not, mm -hmm. I mean, very rarely, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say very rarely do I have a day where I'm like, I feel like I was exactly a 50% mom and wife and 50%, <laughs> right. You know, um, I think balance is kind of unrealistic anyways, but I think also people associate balance with equal and that's yes, not necessarily right. the case. Right. So I think right. that's where the, we get in this, like, but I worked so much, but I, you know, yeah. maybe equal, like you said, equal yeah. percentages of yeah. your day. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Are you accomplishing your work? Are you still enjoying your life? How do you find, how do you create some sort of an integration between the two? And then again, are you, you know, I'll often talk about like what's on your plate. Mm -hmm. So if you literally look at your plate and women tend to have platters, right? Because we put <laughs> yes. so much well, in. <laughs> so like realistically is there space <laughs> because usually i mean sometimes the solution is we have to get rid of some things yes that responsibilities we've taken on or you know either it's somebody else's expectation and we have to have a conversation about that or mm -hmm. we have to adjust our expectation on ourselves setting and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know there's yeah. a um this is like a perfect time to even say it because a lot of my health coaches in here went to iin like i did and i don't know if you've I heard of iin no, but it's, um, Institute for integrative nutrition. It's where we all got our, um, well, not all of us, everybody went somewhere different, but a lot of people did go to IIN like me. Okay. And one of the principles that they teach is from a nutrition standpoint, crowding out. So when you look on your plate, instead of making broad strokes and just like, Oh, it's all unhealthy. I'm just going to put everything healthy on my plate. Well, that's just not unrealistic. And that's so rigid. It's never going to work. So yeah. they suggest that you take what's on your plate and you just start to gradually crowd out. So you add a couple of oh. extra healthy things in there and then yeah. some of the unhealthy things go yes. off. And I know yes. what you're saying is different because it's kind of like getting rid of completely, but yeah, still adding sometimes I'm sure for you with your clients, 
It's about how do we add something pleasurable mm-hmm. yeah. into your life and yes. not fill it up with so much. Yeah. Of the work and the busy. Yeah. 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 Oh, I I just, that popped in my head, the crowding out. Cause it was one of my favorite concepts from my time in IIN and learning how to be a health coach is, Oh, crowding out. That makes so much sense. We're just right. Making gentle shifts. And it's so much more of a sustainable way to build in habits to your life when you're gently moving things. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think the way you could like really find the parallel is you know, if you need to add the extra serving of, you know, protein or veggies and there's less room for the dessert, it's the same thing. Like I need more room for, you know, my self-care. And so that means I'm going to have less room for, you know, the volunteer position or so it is, again, it's about like, yeah, yeah. What do I expand? And then what do I shrink? Yeah. I like that. Let me see real quick. We have, um, Bridget says that's interesting just hopping on, but I consider myself to be very productive by nature, but others might not. Hmm. Is that a thing? Do you think it's a learned behavior or do you think it's more of like, um, like by, by nature? I mean, I think it's both. I do Mm -hmm. think that there's certainly, you know, we had models of it, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I know, like, I think a lot about my dad, who was like the hard worker who, you know, would never say no to a request at work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that had that shaped a lot of, you know, my behaviors. Um, But at the same time, I think that we certainly with with age comes wisdom. (laughs) And so you can start to say, I don't care as much about what others think of me, as long as I'm doing what I know is high value, um, then I'm not going to worry if my list from the day is five items long and somebody over here is 15. So you get to decide what is right for you. And as long as you can kind of shield yourself from the opinions and, you know, perspective of others, then you're, you're doing it right for my perspective. That's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Shielding yourself from all those outside voices Mm -hmm. of how it should be or Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You got it. That's part. Yes. So one of the like main concepts that I talk about, and when I work with my clients, there's like three areas that we really focus on. Mm -hmm. I call it the trifecta for productivity. So this is where I was going to give each of you just give you guys like just some little, you know, kind of key strategies. So the three areas, um, your pens and paper, everybody. That's right. (laughs) The three areas. So you want to address these three areas to truly be able to up-level because they're so intertwined. So it's the actual organization of your space. You need an environment that breeds productivity for you. Okay. You need control of your calendar. So that's where we're talking about the time management. Clearly that's a big piece of this. And then it's also, um, I call it mastering your information. And this is being able to figure out what information you need, where you're keeping it, (laughs) how you're keeping it. So the three components that are space, time, and information. And this is, again, you know, through my experience personally, and then working with clients, if I have a client who comes in and says, I just want to work on, you know, I just want to make my office look better, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great first step. But if you don't have time Mm -hmm. to maintain it, Mm -hmm. and if you don't have a process for how you're going to handle all the incoming paperwork for the next six months, then it was really for naught. So you've got to address all three areas. Yeah. 
So that is really, you know, you need to assess yourself in those three areas and then figure out what changes can you make. Again, they can be small changes, right? Small changes lead to big impact, but you don't want to ignore any of those three. Mm -hmm. So with space, I, you know, if we kind of keep this to the, the principles apply anywhere, but we'll just use like our workspace for right now a productive environment. So everybody think about where you tend to sit and do your work most of the day. Even Nicole, like it could be your car, you know, like I'm sure there are times <laughs> where you have been working out of your car for the most part. So I did my live on Facebook last night from my car yeah. because I was on my way to pick up Cassie and I was like, well, we're going to pull in a parking lot and yeah. do it right here. Cause that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's any environment where you're spending time and needing to get things done, you need to make sure you are, you are addressing it. Mm -hmm. So if we, let's go a little more traditional, let's think about our desk or our, think about our office. You know, you want to, and you use this word earlier, you want to make sure that the things that are in your zone, mm -hmm. and I call it your prime real estate, Right. So prime real estate, what's on my, like my desk is definitely prime real estate. Mm -hmm. What's on my desk needs to be there for only two reasons, or it has to be there for one of these reasons or else it has to leave. It has to be there because it's functional. All right. So my laptop, my second screen, right. My ring light, <laughs> it's functional. So yep. it's there or it's there because it's intentional. So like I have a plant on the corner of my desk because I want there to be something that is representing growth and, you know, <laughs> living life. Mm, yep. So like a picture of Cassie on your desk because she brightens your day, right? Those things that are intentional. <laughs> you like this. Oh, you like Ohio. this. My little Ohio. <laughs> yes. It's one of my decorations. <laughs> And I like that it's up on a shelf. It's not on your actual surface. That's an I, even better decision. I think you inspired me last weekend. <laughs> I rearranged everything and my awesome. prime real estate is totally Love different it. now. So this is perfect because I'm evaluating what's all around me that I yeah. still need to kind of organize. Yeah. yeah. And you know, here's what happens. I just had this like aha moment as I was getting ready for this call. I was getting my background, you know, to look nice. And I realized I still have my space heater in this office. It's June 24th. Like, so things that sit around right. start to become like white noise. Like yep. it happens to all of us. Like we forget like, oh my gosh, how long has this been on my desk? You know, this yep. empty cup of water has been here for a week and a half. Yep. <laughs> so it, just so blends in. it does. It totally yeah. does. So you have to, again, it's like taking that step back and taking kind of a new perspective and saying, if I was a client coming into the office, if I was, you know, a coworker, what would I notice and think, hmm, wonder why that's there? Yeah. Is that, you know, helping or hurting with your focus, with your distractibility, yeah. with feeling motivated, feeling inspired? Right. This rule for sure applies elsewhere. If you think about in your closet, you should have the clothing that's functional, <laughs> not so much um, the intentional, but, you know, you can apply this anywhere, kitchen, you know, any space, those, that's a really good rule of thumb. Is it functional or did I put it there for a reason? What would an example of intentional be in the closet? I mean, that one's a little bit harder. So um, that might be, maybe you have a, 
you do have a piece of clothing or a piece of jewelry. Like I keep my jewelry hanging in the closet. Um, that's like, I don't wear it, but it was my great grandmother's right. Or it's a sweater that I don't wear anymore, but it's that one that reminds me of Mm -hmm. so little things that are more memorabilia, right. That give you the good feels that remind you of something happy. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and those need to be limited, right? It could be like, I I wrote that down as a question to ask you about memorabilia. So I love that you're, that you're covering your right because I know that's a big, that's a clutter, um, magnet memorabilia ends up taking up space that doesn't need to be taken up. And it also is another place where we often put like guilt upon ourselves. What would my great aunt think if I got rid of, you know, the ugly quilt that, (laughs) is hiding in. <laughs> I was listening years ago to um Andrew Mellon on stuff your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first times that I was like, wait, organization is a thing that people teach. This is amazing. And I listened yeah. to the whole book and the what the part that probably stood out to me the most was when he talks about the memorabilia chapter and he like mm-hmm. that hat is not your grandfather. Right. It, right. The hat is just a thing your memories, yeah. everything you had with your grandfather, yes. that's making you hold on to that hat, but your grandfather doesn't care if you still have the hat in your closet. Right. Right. It's exactly. just torturing you and you're guilting exactly. yourself over giving it away. Yeah. And it's so hard. Yes. It is. I know it is. And that's again, where like quality over quantity. So I had a client who, um, this was like one of my very first clients and she had a lot of things that she'd inherited. Mm-hmm. And this was, I was living in North Carolina at the time. And there was, it was kind of this Southern family where it was like, well, it was handed down from great, great grandma Ruth to great grandma. You know, there was just a lot of that mentality yeah, yeah, yeah. of like keeping it in the family. Mm-hmm. But she had so many things that again, it was like, they were all like stuffed in a box. They were under piles. You weren't Never even looking seeing at them. them. Exactly. Right. And so like we, you know, I mean, it took a little while for us to get to like, if you were able to find one thing that is the special memory for you and you hang it on the wall or you put it on the shelf where you can see it, that is going to serve the purpose of remembering grandma every time you walk through the room versus stumbling upon the 15 things you've kept and feeling guilty about, oh, you know, I'm keeping it in this dusty corner and nobody's using it and I never see it. So yep. we have to remember, again, it's going back to the why, right? Why mm-hmm. am I keeping it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it's a really important yeah. realization. And it's, it's hard to get there because again, things we've been taught, like you don't get rid of special things from special people. Right. But that's really who, who says, whose rule well, is that? And if you do, just a side note real quick, I've done this so many years, so many times I've moved a lot. So I'll purge and I'll get a big pile of things that are meaningful or memorabilia. And it's like, I can't just give it away to goodwill or just anything. It has Mm -hmm. to go to somebody special because it was special to me. And then all that is, is a procrastination tactic so that I'm still not getting rid of the thing. Yes. God forbid, I don't find the most special person on the planet that's so right. deserving of this special thing. It's just got to right. sit and take up more space until I find <laughs> that perfectly special person. Yes. And the other thing is you might end up burdening them with something else that they actually well, they don't want it, want or need, but it makes <laughs> you, if it makes you feel better. <laughs> right. I, I dump off a bunch of stuff at somebody's house. Right. I'm like, this is all for you. I'm giving it all right. to you as if I'm doing them a favor. Though. Right. Right. <laughs> or I've actually dumped stuff off and said, "Will you just throw this out for me so I don't have to see it happen. Yes. And that's okay. Like if you yeah. need, like, I call that like your accountability partner, right? 
If you yep. need somebody to be like, I got it, Nicole, can move on, go on, I'll take care of it. I don't trust myself to do it. Will you yep. just do it for me? Take it out of my hands. Yeah. yeah. You got it. You got it. The other like principle that, that really applies here, and actually it applies in all three areas, but it's one of my favorite sayings. It comes from my mentor, and this is always the one that sticks with people, and it's that clutter is the result of postponed decisions. I think you posted that not too long ago. I probably have. Yes. Clutter, or you can shorten it. Clutter is postponed decisions. That saying, so Barbara Hemphill is who coined that phrase and it's who I've done a lot of, she's my mentor. I've gone through her, her training program and she coined that phrase in a client's closet. So it was the woman who was like, well, I might lose 10 more pounds. I could end up having a, you know, formal affair that I need to wear that to. I haven't decided if I'm going to return it. So it still has the tags on it. You know, the shoes aren't that comfortable, but I might be able to wear them. All those postponed decisions and things pile up. (laughs) I know. And we all, you know, we all have an area of our lives where we tend to do that, right? So, but that, you know, it starts with space. So look around, you know, your house or your apartment or your office. And again, think about what am I not making a decision on? Mm -hmm. It applies in our calendar too, though. I know I will put things in my calendar with question marks. Like, do I want to go to that happy hour? You know, am I going to attend that PTA meeting? And then it just sits there and it makes it look like I have so much to do that day. But it's, I haven't decided. I'm just keeping my options open, right? Your calendar, yeah. (laughs) But it clutters my calendar. Um, I mean, information is a huge one. I mean, let's talk about how many emails are sitting in our inbox because we haven't decided yet how to respond, when to respond, will I respond? Do I need to read it? I so think really... I spent a ton of time talking about stupid emails just the other day. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I and, talked and... so much about all these darn emails <laughs> that I don't want. It's like, how much time and energy am I going to spend on these dumb things? Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate thing too, right? It, it may not be taking up space. I mean, the physical things, it takes up space, mm-hmm. but it takes up energy. It takes up time. Sometimes it takes up money. So it's like, what's the price you're willing to pay? Because it might be bleeding you in all those categories. Right. You're already paying a price just for having it. So yeah, 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 yeah. for yes. sure. Mental energy is, is real. When you're looking at an inbox full mm-hmm. of unread stuff or a calendar yeah. full of, you know, question marks yes. and what if. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you got it. So the more you can become like a more confident decision maker, the more clarity you have around how you're going to make decisions, the quicker you make the decision, the less clutter you have, the more productive you end up being because you're not distracted by all these non-essential things and you're able to focus on the most important things. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, that's good. Being that's, a good, yeah. clear, confident decision maker. Yes, you got it. Let's kind of for this, I mean, we could talk about space for you know another hour, but let's hop on to like time you know, and you're going to feel like I'm saying the same thing, but many times I need to keep hearing it. (laughs) Right. Time management. Guess what? We're not managing time. The clock ticks the same pace for you, for me, same on Monday as on Friday. We're managing decisions. (laughs) We're managing the decisions about how we're going to spend our time. It's also like managing our focus, right? 
Mm-hmm. It really is about managing ourselves. Yep. And so we have to have some boundaries. We have to have some best practices. We have to have some rules, whatever word resonates for you. But the more we've kind of predetermined, and this is like where that, again, proactivity comes into play, the more we've predetermined how we're going to use our time, mm-hmm. you know, what meetings we say yes to and what meetings we say no to, mm-hmm. what special projects we raise our hand for and what special projects we push back on and say, I don't think this is important for me, right? I don't think I have the bandwidth. Yeah. It's that ability to have the predefined <laughs> rules and then stick to them. Mm-hmm. And voice if if someone's pushing you on it, you know, you have if you've thought it through, then you probably will have a good argument for why the answer is no. I like that. And that's a, really yeah. on what you actually want to attend and being willing to set those bounds. My, my coach says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And the yes. sooner you figure out how to do that, the yes. happier you're going to be and more productive yes. and, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And along those same lines, every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to other things. Mm-hmm. And so we have to keep that in check. And I love that you said this was so I'm writing it down because I just loved it. You're not managing your time. You're managing your decisions because the clock keeps ticking. Like we all have, we're all in the same time all the time. Mm -hmm. The clock keeps going. We're managing our decisions of what we do with that time. Yes. You got it. Yes. I like that. Um, We had a question in here real quick. Christina said, what's the easiest way to get rid of the emails? Oh, I know that one. Unroll.me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm working through it right now, Christina. Um, but that is, I think that that's probably one of the best ways besides just going through and unsubscribing to all yeah. of them an easier yeah. way to do that. Yeah. So the tool unroll.me can help you manage. I mean, really Nicole, you and I have talked about how it can help you manage all the like salesy material. Mm-hmm. You can also use it for like newsletters you know, things that you, I mean, I have a lot of experts that I, you know, love to see what they're up to, Mm -hmm. but I don't really need all of them to be in my inbox every day of the week. Yeah. So if you can, you know, the other, you know, other options are like filtering them to a folder. And then again, really asking yourself, I mean, this question you can apply in a lot of cases, what's the worst thing that will happen if I do not see this email, or if I do not have this item, if I no longer receive an email every day from, you know, Maria Forleo, and usually the answer is nothing, nothing will happen. And if I need the information, I can seek it out. I can go find it. It doesn't have to always be finding me. I like that. I'm on my second Mm -hmm. page of notes, by the way. I'm like, this is so good. I gotta gotta keep writing. No, but you're right. It's like, and we have talked about this because I went into complete FOMO over my email inbox. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want these emails in here, but I'm afraid of not having them in there. Right, right, right. What if I miss out on what Marie (laughs) Forleo says? What if Andrew Mellon sends me the organizing tip that I've been waiting my whole life for? It hasn't happened in years, but what if all of a sudden? Right tomorrow. Well, and you know, the other answer I have to that, because we do get caught up in like, I want to learn, right? I want to know, like all these people, they have important things to say, right? So um, you might have, you know, five to 10 experts who you really learn from, but Mm -hmm. here's what I've learned. And we're almost taught this too, as coaches, like 
you have your message, you have your five or 10 things that you want to say, and you need to keep saying it to your audience. Mm -hmm. So Marie Forleo is saying the same thing, you know, every five or 10 weeks, she's recycling through the content. She's saying it differently. She's presenting it in a video or she's presenting it in a webinar or in a long email, but like the information's not gone forever. It's going to come back around. And I always say the information will find me when I need it, or I will find it when I need it. So So you can get to that place where it's like, I will be able to access anything I need when I need it. Mm -hmm. Then you can get out of that spin of it's got to all be constantly coming to me. And then I have to process through it and I have to figure out what's important. Mm -hmm. I try to stop it at be the gatekeeper and only let things in that, you know, have to come in. I think exactly what you just said really stuck with me too, because it's about trusting that the universe is 100% supporting you with what you need at all times. So me making some decision about what not to have in my inbox is not like throwing the universe off like, oh crap, we can't help Nicole anymore because she got rid of that email in her inbox. What is going to happen now? Like I am not throwing the universe off by taking care of me and getting, but it, but it's still hard. But I, I, that's what came up for me when you said that I was like, yeah, yeah, the universe, you know, when the teachers or the student is ready, the teacher appears and everywhere because that information will find us when it's ready. Yeah our inbox, we don't always think of that as like, you know, the place where the universe is speaking to us, but it can be. (laughs) So like, if you believe that about the rest of, you know, life, then believe it about the inbox and the mail and, you know, all those little things in life that we get so caught up in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The nitty gritty of all of it. We allow it to just, yeah. Yeah. You got it. (laughs) Yes. So, um, so I hope that answered the question about the inbox and I rolled at me. She's going to feed her family right now, but she said, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) You're welcome, Christina. Make sure you watch the rest of it. Cause we're going to, we're going to cover the rest of time and info and this is going to be good. Right. You got (laughs) it. So time, I mean, I already touched on this a little bit, but the idea that you really want to have, are you familiar with James Clear? He wrote Atomic Habits. No. Okay. So he's, he's a pretty um, relatively new expert in the field of productivity and particularly about habits and kind of the psychology of human behavior. And one of the things that he teaches that I love is the idea of our keystone habits and the very, like the short cliff notes of that is most of us have one or two behaviors, that if we can commit to that, then it almost creates like a domino effect. And in fact, nutrition is he gives, he typically uses the the example of if you wake up in the morning and you choose a healthy breakfast instead of the unhealthy breakfast, that can be a really important keystone habit. Because if I choose, you know, the um, egg white omelet instead of the donuts, then when I at the office or I'm at a meeting and people are handing out, you know, a crappy morning snack, I'm going to be more likely to say, you know what? I I did good at breakfast. I'm going to pass on that junk. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to lunch, you know, but choosing between the burger and fries and the salad, we're like, well, I had egg whites for breakfast. I didn't have the junk mid morning. 
I'm going to go with a salad and I'm like winning. Right. And it just, it continues for the rest of the day. So the keystone habit there was I chose a healthy breakfast and that's the goal. You focus on that one goal. You don't focus on, I have to make 10 healthy choices all day long to be a healthy eater. I like so that. So you think about success by yes. to what did you call them? Keystone habits, keystone habits. Yeah. Yeah. And then so if you think end up about, the burger at lunch, it's okay. You, it you, is, you can get back on track, right? Yeah. But you're, you're going to think twice about it. You're not going to just default. Right. But like, if you I had the, that. you know, Danish for breakfast and you grab the chocolate bar at mid morning, then you're going to be like, oh, well, screw it. I'm just going to have the burger. Right. <laughs> it's like what I used to say about, I'm like, once you eat one Oreo, you're like, ah, screw it. I already broke my yeah. Diet. Right. I'm just gonna eat the rest of the Oreos. Not that you should be right. on a diet or eating Oreos yeah. and that anyways. But yes, once you've eaten one, you're like, eh, I'll eat the whole thing. Yes. Or, I don't know. Is yes. that just me? <laughs> no, no. I hear you. <laughs> me and M and M's are like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I need all the Swedish fish now. <laughs> exactly. We don't want them to be lonely. <laughs> no. God forbid. No. They can't sit there by themselves. So I usually say, think about your morning and think about what could be your morning keystone habit that sets you in the right direction. And it's really, I mean, that's, you know, kind of what I was talking about at the very beginning of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you start your morning so that you are on the path of being proactive, of being in control of your day, of taking care of yourself before you have to take care of other people? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's your one thing in the morning that will set the tone for the rest of the day? Mm-hmm. So, and it's easier to focus on one task than thinking about, I've got to do all everything right today. Thinking Mm -hmm. about if I do this one, it will lead to the second, which will lead to the third, which will lead to the fourth. So I like that. Another book that you may have heard of that it's reminding me of, it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Yes. And it's like the same idea. He's like, what's the one thing that I need to do so that all other things are either unnecessary or I forget what it is. I had it written in my binder for the longest time, but it's, it's just like that. Yeah. Like if yes. I accomplish this one thing, other things won't need to be done. Right. Right. You got or it. taken and care of because of it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm just a firm believer that like, usually that happens in the morning for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so focus on, you know, as you think about your morning, as you think about how you're structuring your morning, are you making sure you're setting yourself up for, a productive day by choosing those important first things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also a saying called eat the frog, which is do the hardest thing first yep. and then everything yep. else is easier. It, 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 it's funny because again, a friend of mine said when I was telling her about the one thing, she's like, Oh, it's like the frogs. I'm like, what mm-hmm. frogs? She yeah. said, if you have two frogs to eat, you eat the bigger one in the morning. And I was like, right. Oh, Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. It's like you it eat the bigger one first, so it's out of the way, but yeah, you yeah. do the one thing that, yeah, yeah you accomplish funny. the one thing. So stacking your day so that you have the time and the space to accomplish the big thing, even if it's the hard thing or the uncomfortable thing. And then like, it's over, it's done with the rest mm-hmm. is like, you know, you can kind of coast or again, you're going to, now you've got momentum and you you're inspired to do all the other tasks that were on your list. Yeah. Um, so that morning, you know, that morning routine and, and making sure that you know your priority and you've picked your number one priority for the day mm-hmm. and try to stay like, you know, blinders on till you get that done. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead to positive impact throughout the rest of the day. 
I think it's good too, because, you know, it's back to what we, when we were defining productivity, if you have that one main or two main mm-hmm. things and you get those done, then mm-hmm. you are productive by your definition. You don't yes. have a to-do list that has 17 things on it that you accomplished yeah. one and you feel like a failure. Yes. That's yes. your success with just accomplishing the, you know, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. In fact, Megan uh, Huber did a presentation a while back about redefining success. And one of the, the underlying messages there was instead of saying, I am successful only if I do A and B and C and D. What if it was I do A or B or C or D? And it's kind of the same thing. Like if you can find productivity as, hey, as long as I did one of those most important things today, I can call it a productive day. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the all or nothing. Right. Yeah. Cause I think that's where we set ourselves up for failure because yes. it's very much, and we put big projects all together too. Like it's not just, let me do these five little things. It's let me do these mm-hmm. five big projects. And then when yeah. I don't put them done, I feel like really bad yes. about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, in terms of the time management piece, if you are putting off a big project, it's probably because you're looking at it as the big elephant instead of looking at it as what's the first bite and the second bite. So that's another way of getting through that overwhelm and mm-hmm. saying, okay, I do have you know a 40 hour project ahead of me this month, but today what's, what can I do in one hour that moves it forward? It doesn't you know completely throw me off. I can still take care of other things, but I can also say, oh, I made progress. Made I progress. moved the ball forward, right? Chipped away at it. It's mm-hmm. funny because I say this real quick too. You're talking about elephants. Last night in my live, I was talking about <laughs> elephants because of what Liz did yesterday morning. She was, uh, she was talking about the elephant tethered to the tree. Oh, yeah. Yes. And the um, somebody coined it earlier today, learned helplessness. Mm. And yes. it, it's just another way to look at it. But essentially, yeah, it's, it's funny. We're talking about all these animals. We've got frogs. We've got elephants. Yeah, I know. About ourselves <laughs> and our habits. Very interesting. What does that say about us? I don't yeah, know. Right? <laughs> we need to pay attention to animals more. Right. <laughs> all right. So let's round it up and let's do a little bit on the information. Okay. So, I mean, here's where I feel like we are at such a, I mean, I'm going to say disadvantage <laughs> because we live now where information is coming to into our, you know, world at a pace that no one can keep up with. <laughs> it's coming from 25 different directions. So it is, again, essential that you kind of put up your walls and say, I only want information from this source. I'm only going to, you know, receive this information at this time. I'm going to deflect, you know, this type of information. We really have to be defensive and set the boundaries before it all starts flooding in to us. That's a game changer. It really is. And it sounds very hard to do, but again, there are some simple ways to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. concrete example, you and I talked about this last week with emails and emails, I think is just such a good example because we all deal with, you know, 50 to hundred emails every day. Right. I have three different email accounts that I have to manage. I think you have about the same. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's, again, I am not going to open and receive this message until I'm at a place where I can read it, process it, make Mm -hmm. my decision and respond to it. 
right? Mm -hmm. I don't need it to come in at 7.30 a.m. when I'm just hopping out of the shower and, you know, I've got a seven-year-old yanking on me telling me, you know, he needs 12 things. (laughs) So, (laughs) so when are you allowing the information to come in? Mm -hmm. Um, I did an example a couple of weeks ago in a presentation during COVID, you know, clearly you could, it could have been a full-time job trying to manage all the information coming in. Uh You choose, like, these are the two or three main sources of information that I trust. And that's where I'm going to go for my news. Mm -hmm. And don't let all the other noise distract you because otherwise you get lost and overwhelmed and doomsday. (laughs) So be in command of the information that's coming into you. decide where you want it to come from, when you want to receive it, and then how you're going to respond to it. Mm -hmm. I like that. The boundaries. Deciding, because I'll sit down, and I know you know this because we talked about it. I'll sit down and I'll read my emails, and then I won't make a decision and respond right away. And then Mm -hmm. it's just lingering. And then it energetically takes pieces out of me all day long because I'm still thinking, oh, I need to respond. Oh, I need to respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's important to do it all at once when you have time to do all of it. Yeah. Uh, David Allen is a productivity author and he talks about, what does he call them? Open loops. So that's a perfect example. So I read the email and I know I need to take an action or respond to it, but I can't right now. And so even though we think we've moved on, like somewhere in our subconscious, there's this open loop telling us you have something incomplete. You need to put energy here. And if we have too many of those, we really, truly, our brain cannot focus on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. So we've really got to protect, we got to protect our focus, protect our, you know, brain so that we don't have so many things going on that even if we're trying our hardest, you know, we might not be able to do what we need to there right in front of us because all this other mental clutter is getting in the way. Yeah. Open loops. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of those. Yeah. And, and it's part of it is human nature. But again, where do you have some control to, to minimize? It's not about eliminating. It's like minimize it. Okay. I like that. That's a good one. So the last thing I'll tell you guys about information, and again, you can think about this like the pile of papers on your desk that you haven't you know, done anything with. It can be the emails in the inbox. Yep. It can be the text messages that you know I have to respond to. So there's two different models that help you with the decision making there. So the first one is the acronym FAT, FAT. And that model says there's really only three decisions to make with any piece of information. It's do I need to file it? Like, oh, this is important for later. Mm -hmm. Do I need to act on it? And if it's not one of those, then the the final decision is I can toss it. Mm -hmm. So do I need to file it for later? Do I need to act on it now? Or can I toss it? F-A-T. I the like other the model, and, and this is where you've got to find the model that resonates best for you, right? The other model is called the four Ds. It's very similar, but okay, so four decisions. Mm-hmm. Do I need to do something with this information? Do I need to delegate it? Can I defer it? That's like, you know, that beautiful snooze uh, feature in Gmail. 
Mm-hmm. I need to see that email next Monday, not Wednesday yep. afternoon. I love that. Um, I do too. It's great. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Wish yeah. I thought of that. Yeah. So do, do delegate, defer, or discard. Again, if I get rid of this, what's the worst thing that will happen? Nothing. Yeah. I, I, I won't read this week's blog from James Wedmore, but I'll see it next week. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it'll be whatever I need to hear next week if I do. Yes. 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 You got it. You got it. I like that. Do something, delegate it, defer it, discard it. You got it. And defer it is just putting it in a pile for later. So good question. So deferring is an option, right? But we have to be really intentional with mm-hmm. how we're deferring it. So if I snooze it, I need to know that I'm snoozing it. You know, Gmail, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, you can say, I want this email to disappear, but I want it to come back in my inbox and to look unread at a certain time on a certain day. So I want to be really clear. Like, I don't want to just snooze it for an hour. I want to say, okay, this message is from Nicole and I do client work on Friday mornings. So it's Wednesday afternoon. So I'm going to snooze it for Friday at 9 a.m. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a very good reason that I'm deferring it to then. Mm -hmm. If it's paperwork, I have, I use what's called a tickler system. So I actually have like folders that if I don't want to look at it until June 30th, I can put it in the folder for June 30th. If I don't want to look at it until August, I will put it in a folder that says August and it'll, I'll review it at the beginning of that month. That's actually my paper. So that's what oh, I do oh, with physical papers. Yes. Got yes. It. Wow. So yeah, you need to have a system, right? If you're deferring it, it needs to have a specific place it goes. Mm-hmm. Typically that needs to be attached to some sort of a visual reminder, right? Mm-hmm. So if you do have a, like, let's say you just have a, um, a file in your desk drawer that's called defer then you probably need to put something on your calendar that says Friday morning, check that, you know, registration form that's in the defer folder. Yeah. So the hole is in my process. Yeah. I have a deferred drawer. (laughs) You just never go back to it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I have to alert myself somehow. Yeah. That's so that's like the perfect tie in, right? So we've got the information we need to assign a time that I'm going to deal with it, decide, uh-huh. and then I need to have a space where it lives. So decide I have to, to have deal with three. the defers. Yes. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, I like the D's because it gave me the defer option, but you saw where my mind went right away. I went to the hole and I'm like, well, I see how this defer thing could enable me to do more procrastinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, like to your point, which is these principles that we're talking about, we're like at the first layer of the onion, right? So we've got to actually, to make it work for you, you've got to put a little bit more thought into it. You've got to create a system that's going to make it flow for you. Right. Um, And again, that's where, you know, doing the work. So one of my favorite sayings is knowing is in the doing. Mm -hmm. It's great if you sat here for an hour and you now know all this new productivity enhancing (laughs) behaviors and activities and strategies. But like, 
until you take action, until you start doing something with it, it doesn't yep. really serve you to know it. Yep. So you've got to then make a plan action. and be able to implement it and make it fit for you, for your work situation, for your lifestyle, for the type of thinker you are. Yeah. All those have to come into play. Customize it. Yeah, I like that. I use the bike riding example a lot. I'm like, until you get on that bike and actually ride it, it doesn't matter how many yeah. YouTube videos you watch, how many manuals right. you read about riding a bike. Like yep. the knowing doesn't get you anywhere. The jumping on the bike and skinning yep. your knees, you're going to learn a lot more from that. Yep. Yeah. My swim um, coaches used to always tell us that, you know, we're going to show you on dry land what the stroke looks like, but until you're in the water, it doesn't matter. Right. right. <laughs> so you know what it looks like and feels like. And yeah. 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 I it. love that. Now yes. I have a question. If I can go back to yeah. something from the very beginning, yes. I'm going to see, I don't think we have, oh, Ilaria says, I would add another D for do it daily. <laughs> I love yes. that. That's two yes. Ds, that Ilaria. Is. Do it daily. <laughs> I love that. That's so perfect. She said she loves this and, oh, and drink water too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And drink water too. So I struggle in the mornings with wanting to not get out of bed to do the things that I should do to fill my cup. Yes. But I find that if I let myself get up and just like open my laptop and start working right away, I'll get up and I'll do that. And I think it goes okay. back to what we said where, you know, I'm still, my worth is attached to the doing. Mm -hmm. But my question around that is, since we're talking about customization and really doing mm -hmm. what works for us in our life, Yes. Let's say I do get up at 6 a.m. every morning and I eat my breakfast and do a little bit for me. So I'm, you know, mm -hmm. fed and, and everything mm -hmm. and I feed Cassie. And then at 6.45 or 7 or whatever time I decide, I just start working. And then at 3 p.m., I cut off. Mm -hmm. And from 3 to 5, I have my meditation. I do my yoga. Mm -hmm. I do the things. Is that, am I hijacking my day if I don't start it in that way? Or is that just me working with what works best in my life? I think that can be you working with, you know, what works for you. Cause mm -hmm. what we can, the way we can look at that is we can look at like, it's still a cycle of mm -hmm. I'm filling myself up. I'm doing the work. I'm filling myself up. I'm doing the work. It's just not on the like AM PM schedule that right. your day flows on. Right. Okay. So okay. absolutely. I think again, it's a matter of like, we have the puzzle pieces. How do they fit together for you? But what I would also say is if you get up and like when you dive into work, if you are, you know, checking in with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling lethargic? Are you really distractible? You know, mm -hmm. are there things that you're noticing? Like I'm busy working, but the effectiveness or efficiency mm -hmm. isn't there. Mm -hmm. Then you might want to say, you know what? Maybe I need to try re um shuffling the order right. of things, revamping how I begin mm -hmm. my day. And do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So energetically, yeah. when I'm not completely connected to the work I'm doing, if I'm just going through the motions, cause it's habitual or it's serving some purpose of like giving me value or feeling my worth because I'm doing then really look at it for what it is and say, let's learn how to meditate yeah. in the morning instead of 3 PM. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be like really small step too, right? Like it yeah. could be just try doing, you know, 10 minutes of some stretches and some mindset work, right. then you can dive right in. Like, let's take baby steps to see if it does have a more positive impact. Because again, as humans, we want to go to our default. We want to just do our brain. You know, you've got the pathways that this is how I do it. 
And so, you know, just because it feels like the right path doesn't always mean it's the best path. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Just because it feels like the right path doesn't mean it's the best path or just because it's somebody else's path doesn't mean it's the path. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we could certainly, you know, talk through how does uh, reserving that time for yourself from 3 p.m. until whatever, 8 p.m., how does that fit into the rest of the routine? And again, is there consistency there that you are taking care of the most important things? Health, your mindset, you know, physical, emotional, mental. It's less important about the when. It's more important that you're doing it consistently. Right. Like that, the consistency. And that's a, that's a huge one in all areas of our life. Show up consistently, you know, for ourselves, for others. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love this. I want you to tell everybody how and where they can find you because everybody (laughs) needs a productivity coach that can help them reevaluate and revamp what they're doing with their days. Like it's just so it's time. Like I like to say all the time, time is not a renewable resource. Like learning how to manage. I love that you said we're not managing time. We're managing our decisions. And we don't get any of this time back. You know, people get so caught up about money and I'm like, how much time are you wasting? And right. essentially, what is it costing you to waste all that time? Right. And that's the yeah. biggest thing. Yep. Yeah, it is one of the one of the few things that we don't, we cannot replenish. We take for granted, but we yeah. don't realize we can't replenish it. And uh, yeah. yeah, so tell everybody okay. how they can find you and get okay. part of your amazingness. Yes. So I have a Facebook community. That's where I am the most active. Those are like my people I pour into. (laughs) So um, that group is called Peak Productivity for High Performers. So that is definitely the best place to find me. I have um, a couple things that, um, if you know, resonated. So on my website, which is turnleaforganizing.com, I have a, it's called the morning game plan. And it's a free downloadable that like kind of maps out some of those important things you should be doing in the morning. And it's kind of a good mix of like the things you should be doing for yourself and the things you should be doing to get your workday started. So it's a good blend of what we talked about. So that would be a great, you know, if you want to start with your morning routine and, and try to make some changes there, that's a, a great resource. And that's and I leave organizing. It is. Yeah. It's on my website on the front page. I scroll down a little bit and you'll see. Perfect. I think it's called the high performers morning game plan. Go get that morning game plan. That sounds awesome for like, just to get started. And thank you for sharing all of that with us. Yes. Well, thanks for letting me be here. It's always fun to talk about my, my passion and um, hopefully everybody got a couple of, you know, golden nuggets that they can think a little sleep on and then um, start taking some better on. Yes. Better on because of, yes, I love (laughs) that. And please, everybody leave your favorite takeaways for us because a lot of people watch this live, but a lot of people watch it on the replay. And it's fun when everybody sees the comments, because I always say thoughts grow stronger when shared and something you picked up on might not be the same thought that somebody else heard, but it will serve them to see it written 
Um, so it's really, really helpful for everybody when we share what we've learned. So please leave your favorite takeaways in the comments. I wrote down all mine, but I'll be chiming in. Yeah. If people have questions like who are watching the replay and they just want to tag me, I'm happy to, you know, answer anything that comes up as people are watching the replay. So thank you. I appreciate that. You have a very amazing, active, awesome community and they're all over the world. So I do have a lot of people that watch the replay. So I I really appreciate that because then when they chime in, you can still get, uh, get some of their questions answered. So thank you for that. And thank you You so so much for your time and for being here. I know it's super late right now. It's after 10 (laughs) o'clock. So you're probably ready to get comfy and get ready for bed, but thank you for staying up for us. This was awesome. Of course. Happy to be here. Awesome. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you again. And uh, I will see you very soon. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me. And it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.